back and better than ever and this week we're gonna do the traditional thing do a sermon critique of Joseph Prince and talk about why uh, all gospel is just and no law is just as dangerous as all law and no gospel this is Matthew Garnett welcome to in layman's terms can come across as, you know, fairly uh, orthodox in, in a lot of ways, especially when it comes to um, talking about the gospel, talking about how we should be secure in our salvation and, and those sorts of things. And he, and he brings across a, a pretty uh, positive message in, in a lot of ways. Um, and, and, you know, it so- sounds great. Uh, but there, but there's some some problems with it, and we're going to get to all that. But first of all, let me just uh, give you a little uh, background on uh, why the long break over the holidays. Now, of course, normally I take some time during the holidays and that sort of thing. Uh, however, I took a spill down our back stairs and uh, uh, technically broke my back, <laughs> broke a couple of ribs, and punctured a lung, and so that wasn't great. So I apologize to. All of you on Pirate Christian and KNNA that we haven't had any fresh material out there, but uh, but we're healed up, uh, we're we're ready to go here, and um, and we're we're starting the thing off right. We're actually uh, streaming live on on YouTube right now. That doesn't mean anything to you listening <laughs> to us on on the recording, but uh, but we just thought we would go for it, and uh, and so here we are. Um, also, want to remind you to go to Layman's Terms Radio. Dot org. We are. Uh, we have uh, accomplished the 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 well project. For those of you who donated to it, you, you hopefully you know that. Um, we're just waiting on uh, the, the process to kind of go through uh, to get that to get that well drilled. That's going to be a, a tremendous asset to the Kibos Hope Academy there um, in uh, in Kenya. And so. Um, what we're doing now is we've started. I've got. I've always had this idea of of starting a truck driving school. I love to teach. I love driving trucks, and what I'm hoping is is that I could serve my serve my community. We could serve the community uh, by uh, starting a truck driving school for former inmates, and eventually that would come around to uh, maybe even underprivileged children in the community and, and that sort of thing. And uh, so what we've, what we've done is we've started the Men of Steel project, and we need some help. <laughs> I, need, I need some professional help in many ways, but, it, but in this case, I really uh, need some help from somebody who knows how to put together a business plan, um, whether it be nonprofit or whether they're going to do this for profit. We haven't really quite decided yet, uh, but what we need to do is raise money to, uh, to hire somebody to help us with this. So please go to laymanstermsradio.org. 
donate to our Men of Steel project. I think this is this is an idea uh, that that could have some far-reaching effects. And I'm not even worried about the far-reaching. Just you know, it's kind of like that old uh, parable of the, of the kid, you know, with the, all the starfish on the seashore, and they're gonna dry out and die. And there's really not not much you can do about it. But the kid's taking the starfish and chucking them back in the ocean. And the old man asks him, "Why are you? You know, you'll never save them all." And he chucks another one in and says, well, at least I saved that one. Um, that's kind of the idea. And I think that's uh, really been my mentality for, for, for quite a while. Just, you know, even just starting with my family. You know, maybe, maybe I can uh, save my family in, in, in you know, in, in human terms, not in, not in, uh, uh, not in biblical terms. Uh, but to be, the, to focus on uh, Jen and the children uh, is is uh, supremely important, and maybe I could just save one. Maybe I could uh, bring a guy in who's had a, a, a bad hand dealt to him, who's who's been to prison, teach him how to drive trucks. Maybe he could own his own business one day, and uh, that would be fantastic. Uh, so anyway, please donate to uh, the man, the Men of Steel project at laymanstermsradio.org. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna do Joseph Prince today. Um, looks like uh, old boy's toned his look down a little bit. He's not as, uh, as, uh, Vogue glamorous type of, uh, presentation. He's coming across, he's still doing the skinny jean thing, obviously. Um, but, uh, <laughs> despite all of that, uh, he is you know, pretty much gives the same sermon every week, talks about grace and, uh, you know, he, credit to him. There, there's some things to credit to him, um, in, in how he presents sermons, how he studies, and that sort of thing. Obviously, he knows Greek, uh, that and that's a plus, or at least tries to study it, uh, and I appreciate that. And uh, there's some good things to look at, but but at the end of the day, what what uh, happens is these these sermons are, are going to to ring hollow. And unfortunately, I believe, as I have all along with this whole grace movement thing, it's been a while since we've covered these guys, but with this whole grace movement, I, I just am convinced this is the uh, the charismatic wing of, uh, of pop evangelicalism taking advantage of a situation where people uh, feel a certain way, uh, they want to hear, they want to have their ears tickled, just like always. Uh, they want to hear that, you know, uh, everything's fine, you know. Don't worry about your obedience and and that sort of thing. Um, and that, and 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 that's a problem because uh, really, even you, you really can't even get uh, somebody to embrace the cross without proper law preaching. And these these grace only folks, these hyper grace folks, uh, which tend to predominate in uh, charismatic circles, don't preach the law in in, in its full force. Um, see, we in the in the West, uh, and, and now Joseph Prince is in Singapore, but it's very Westernized there. Um, we in the West, uh, especially the church in the West, uh, and even people in the West aren't aren't scared of hell anymore. <laughs> see, that's not when when we talk about preaching in a way that uh, preaching the law in a way that terrifies. That's how the Lutheran confessions put it. When we talk about doing that. Um, what we're talking about is reminding you that you um, are an enemy of God. And uh, when you're an enemy of God, that's going to be a problem for you. And we as human beings, I am convinced, have uh, um, 
have a sense of that in, in our conscience. And what drives us to the cross is that realization that we are enemies of God. And what we most need relief from is uh, is that burden, that heavy, heavy burden, that terrifying burden of being enemies with God. And so when the law is not properly preached, when it's not preached to terrify, uh, then you don't, you just, you just won't get there. Um, and that's where Prince really lacks, obviously. And that's where, that's where weak law preaching lacks because all, all, you know, in this all gospel preaching, um, that's where it lacks because, um, because it doesn't bring you to that place. All it does is, Hey, I feel, I don't feel like I'm an adequate person or I don't, I feel guilty about this or that or the other thing. There's plenty of things in this life to feel guilty about, right? And, and that's good. We, you know, there's, you know, we, we do something that's not right. We do something against God's law, against Holy Scripture. We should feel guilty about that. Um, and the gospel does, uh, does, uh, salve our consciences on that. But the gospel is also not meant to harden your conscience. In other words, you can, you know, um, just, you know, turning to the gospel and say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, just go to the extreme. I'm committing adultery with somebody and I feel really guilty about that. And I need, you know, I need to feel better about that. Yeah. I need to hear that God still forgives me and, and loves me no matter what I do or who I am or, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, that sort of thing can be relieved with, you know, uh, with a shot of bourbon. That's not what the gospel is for. The gospel is to reconcile us to God. Not to make us feel better about our sin. <laughs> See, that's an abuse of the gospel, and that's all over Holy Scripture. And, I, and I'm convinced that's what Prince is doing. I don't know what his motives are. Um, he he's good at this. He's good at this because it's obvious again that he does study. He does know his Bible. He does know Greek. He brings out compelling arguments, etc., etc., etc. And so I'm not sh- I'm not sure where his sincerity is. I you know I, I, maybe he really is trying to deliver. Uh, the good news of Jesus Christ to people, but uh, I also suspect uh, that he sees an opportunity, uh, and that's what the charismatic movement of the pop evangelical, uh, Western pop evangelicalism, uh, tends to tends to be very opportunistic. And um, I, I, my hope is that's not where Prince is; uh, that he really is trying to 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 lead his people to the gospel, but he's just doing it in a way uh, that that is that is not not biblical. Uh, he needs to preach the law, and as we're going to see, uh, he, he just doesn't quite get there. Okay, so there's all that. I'm um, glad to be back, and let's get to Joseph Prince here. Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Once again, what a joy for me to share God's Word with you. I really look forward to share God's Word every week. Uh, I look forward to hearing from God, to just have that Word in season that God has for you. You know, it's important that we take time for the Word of God. You know, one time Jesus came into the house of, of Martha and Mary, and uh, the Bible tells us Martha was busy serving, but Mary sat at Jesus' feet, and she was angry that the sister left her alone to serve. And Jesus did, Jesus did not correct Mary, who was seated at His feet. Jesus corrected Martha and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. One thing is needful. Notice one thing, not many things. And, and Martha, he said, you're worried about many things because you didn't do the one thing. And what is the one thing? 
He says, One thing is needful. Mary has chosen the good part which will not be taken away from her. So every time you prioritize God's word, God prioritizes you and mark you off for blessings. Amen. He says, One thing is needful. Do we really believe that? You know, we are worried about many things in life and we think that this is necessary. My exercise daily is needful. My, my planning every week is needful. My, my doing this, my doing that. But Jesus put all of all, all this in perspective when he said to us, one thing is needful. Mary chose the good part. And what, what does the Bible say? Mary sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. And that's why Martha, who wanted to serve Jesus, she had a right intention. She wanted to serve the King of Kings. Amen. But she didn't do it in the right spirit. And the Lord doesn't just want our service. He didn't rebuke Martha for her service. He corrected Martha for her many worries and cares because she didn't do the one thing. It is the Word of God that restores. It is the Word of God that heals as it is written. He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. It is the Word of God that sets us apart, sanctify us, amen, as a people that is marked by the Lord, marked for blessings, marked for anointing, marked for heaven's best, amen, so that we don't share the common lot of the people uh, in this world. And that's what the Bible says. Jesus said, in his high priestly prayer, sanctify them, your people, the believers, through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And it's the word of God that sets us free. Amen? Praise God. So the primary way we receive God's word is to attend to the Holy Scriptures. Every time we, we spend time in the word of God, it is not just uh, an ordinary book that we have to do with. It is the book of life. It is the bread of life. And uh, we wait on the Lord. We ask Him to speak to us through His words. And it can be something from the Old Testament. It can be something from the book of Isaiah, the prophet. It can be a, a, a story from Joshua. It can be something from the book of Revelation. It can be something from the Gospel of Luke. But you know, every time you, you spend time in the Word of God and you speak, it is as if God is speaking to you now. He has a now word for you, even from the accounts and the narratives of the Old Testament. And when you spend time in that way, you, you, come, you, you look forward for that time because you will know that God is speaking to you. The living voice of God is in the Scriptures. Amen? That's the primary way. The second way that God speaks to us is by the inward witness. Okay, so uh, some really good things there from Prince. Uh, it's kind of a mixed bag. When he talks about the Word of God, and he, and he says, the, because this is the thing in, in charismatic circles, the Word of God can be a lot of things. He's, as you he's heard, he's going to go on that. The Word of God is this inward witness. Now, that's bad. We know that's that's incorrect. That If you want to hear God's voice, uh, read Holy Scripture. Attend church and hear your preacher rightly preach the Word of God. Now, that's, an, that's another subject, but, if, but just at base level, Prince is right here. If you want to hear God speak, get your Bible out and read it. That's where God speaks to us. And if you want to hear it out loud, like my my friend Pastor Chris Roseboro says, if you want to hear it out loud, read it out loud. You can hear God's voice out loud. Um, and that's that is indeed where God speaks is from Holy Scripture. And He's exactly right about that. Now He's got all of this kind of charismatic lingo tied into this now he talks about you read god's word and you will be blessed 
that is absolutely correct. But again, we're talking about charismatic circles. So when people hear that in those circles, they're thinking, okay, I'm going to be blessed maybe uh, financially or in my job or whatever else. None of that may happen. Um, you actually might be persecuted. I mean, this is what Jesus said uh, to his disciples. And this is what, you know, uh, the apostles uh, preach to us from the epistles is, you know, why, why do you think it's strange when you are facing fiery trials, as St. James teaches us? Um, you know, Jesus himself said that there will come a day when uh, people will think it is a good work that they throw you out of the temple and kill you. You know, and I'm paraphrasing these, obviously. Uh, but reading and inwardly digesting God's word is in itself a blessing. You have to, you have to understand that. Uh, you know, the, the fact that we have God's words in print, we have his voice right there. Anytime we want to hear from God, all we have to do is sit down, take our many copies of Holy Scripture that we have lying around here. You can see many of them that I've got back here. <laughs> um, all I have to do is crack one of those open and start reading. And we hear God's voice there. That in and of itself is a blessing to hear God's voice. When you think about the Old Testament times, you know, who, who got to hear God's voice? Well, you know, uh, Moses and the prophets, essentially. Um, and Hebrews, and, and Prince is going to get into Hebrews, but Hebrews teaches us now uh, that, that uh, we get the testimony from the Son of God. And, and in that blessing is we've, we've got um, copies of Holy Scripture, and, and God be praised that the printing press was invented and that you know we all have access to that. And I think that's something we take for granted a lot. I, I do. I certainly do. To say that, well... You know, do, do I want to, you know, and I listen to the Bible on audio, so I do get to hear God's voice out loud because uh, I listen to it in my truck. Um, we shouldn't take that for granted, and we should not, at the very least, we, we should not forsake it. If we, if we take it for granted or it's like, oh, well, this is kind of boring or, you know, I don't really feel like it today, that's, that's part of our, you know, that's, that's our sinful nature, and we need to repent and, and confess that. Uh, but we need, if you're not reading and studying your Bible, you're wrong. You're you are you are you are uh, you're in violation of what we Lutherans would call the third commandment, uh, which is which is a breaking of the Sabbath. And the way Luther explicates this, and, and this is backed up by Holy Scripture, based on Holy Scripture, is that you you have despised God's word. Don't despise your Bible. Uh, don't take it for granted. And Prince is right to bring this out, and it's good that he's telling his people that they should be reading their Bible. Now, uh, the the right now word thing, okay, sure. What I, you know, uh, the, you know what, I'm I'm skeptical of that because a lot of people do kind of do the, uh, let's close our eyes, let's open our Bible and point at a verse, and that's you know that's going to apply to me somehow. That's that's not that's not the way you want to approach your study of Holy Scripture. It definitely is not. Um, you want to read God's Word broadly. Um, I I read through the Bible uh, at at least once a year, usually more. Um, and you want to, and you want to read it deeply. You want to get into into some study where you're really maybe studying a, a book that you're that you're interested in, whatever that the case may be. You want to study it deeply, and that's what church is good for. If you're not attending church, you're also despising God's word. Should be attending church uh, at least once a week, if not more. Um, and uh, that's, you know, that's where we get God's word. That's where we get the the 
deli- the uh, de- the word God's voice delivered to us is through Holy Scripture, and that happens at church as well, where we get some more in-depth study uh, of of what He has to say to us. Right. So it's good that Prince is is saying that, right? Before he kind of gets to this inward witness thing, and uh, it just and it's a good springboard off to say, cherish your Bible. Um, because there are blessings there. And when you uh, follow the commands of Holy Scripture, when you listen to uh, the, the word of God being proclaimed in, in the gospel, in the good news of Jesus Christ, that he uh, was born, lived, died, was buried, rose again, and ascended into heaven, when you hear that good news for the forgiveness of your sins, there, there, there are blessings there. Um, you know, so simply, you know, just very simply, um, if, if you follow the Ten Commandments, you're going to have a better life than if you didn't. And does that does it, does it mean you're going to have a great life or things going to be perfect and you're going to prosper and all that sort of thing? Sometimes. But, you know, it may mean that you might be persecuted. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, um, what, what we consider uh, having blessings doesn't necessarily mean physical comfort financial comfort and those sorts of things what what we believe our blessings are the fact that we have the freedom uh to follow uh the way god made us and that's what the ten commandments teaches right because so that's the law side and then when we when we when we fail on that again we uh we we know that god isn't going to cast us out that's 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 what we have to understand about the gospel it's not just that the gospel comes along and says oh don't worry about the you know the fact that you, you know, dialed up another pornography page. That's that's not what what the gospel is for. Um, God God is going to chastise you, and we're going again. We're going to be in Hebrews today uh, with Prince, and that's another piece in Hebrews. God disciplines those He loves. So when He makes you feel guilty about that, that's a blessing. See, that's one thing that uh, a lot of Western Christianity misses, especially the charismatic movement, is that having a guilty conscience is a good thing. Because if you're sinning and you don't have a guilty conscience, this is what we call this is what the professionals call sociopathy. You don't want that. Um, you want you want God to discipline you in your sin because your sin is going to ultimately lead you to destruction. So whether you have a guilty conscience, feel bad about it, and that brings you to repentance and faith, and then you get up, you dust yourself off, and you try it again. See, that's that's how God. That's, how God operates. It's very simple, just like a, just like a loving father would. Um, I don't allow my son to act foolish. Uh, I'm, I'm going to punish him for that. Why why do I do that? Why why do I punish my son when he when he does something that that's outside the bounds of of my household rules? Well, because I love him. Um, because I know that when he gets out there in the world, uh, that it, that if he pushes those boundaries far enough, it, it will destroy him. And so I want to I want to preserve him from that. And our heavenly Father wants to wants to preserve us from that as well. And so, uh, so we, so again, back to the Bible. It's a blessing. It is a blessing. May not be financially. May not you know. You may be out in the cold somewhere, whatever. But but the way Holy Scripture describes blessing is being in God's presence, in the Word, um, and and benefiting. From his wise instruction. That's what Psalm 119 is all about, loving God's law, etc. etc. Okay. So good, good. Prince is Prince is pointing his people to reading and studying their Bibles. I'm for that. And 
interestingly enough, this is kind of rare in a sense, uh, even even in charismatic circles, uh, that 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 God's word has power. That's God's word does things, right? And we know this right from the beginning of Holy Scripture. What does it say? In the beginning, God created. And how did he do it? And God said, let there be light. He spoke. His words have power. Right? Um, and that's that's where the power really lies, is in God's spoken word. All right. Let's continue on. Amen. And uh, when he drops a word in your heart, or he just leads you with the, by the inner peace. Amen. The sense of everything is... It's right. And when you step out of his will, there is a troubling in your spirit. There is a, like a red light. Okay, so this is uh, Prince talking about the, the inner witness of, of God's word. There, there is something to be said for that, but, but, you, uh, but, but pop evangelicals tend to take this to an extreme. So, for instance... Um, People, people have consciences. We are made in God's image. That image is, is 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 not to get too deeply theological about you know what happened to the image of God in the fall that wasn't completely destroyed. No, it wasn't. But it was so tarnished that um, it was it was tarnished. That's that's basically what we hold. But the image of God, and this is this is what a lot of people don't really understand about the image of God. All, the, all, very simply. The image of God means you know God's will, and you want to be aligned with God's will. That's what the image of God is. Pure and simple. It doesn't have to do with how we look or, or any any other thing. It doesn't have to do with our physical appearance. Or the image of God means that we've been given something by God that aligns with who He is. And when we violate that, then we then our consciences kick in. And so Prince is kind of talking about that, and I think that's something we should pay attention to. But 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 that's like base, you know. That's 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 if you just are going to completely neglect God's word. That's the only resource He has <laughs> after that to, to to draw you back to the gospel is your conscience. Um, is the idea that hey, I'm I am in conflict with how I've been created. And I and and therefore I'm in conflict with the Creator, and that and and if that you know that burden can bring you to the gospel, and I would say that that would be about about it. Um, otherwise, it, it, ignore kind of what Prince is saying: the inward witness of God. God speaking to your heart. No, God's not speaking to your heart. Uh, the the only again the only time that God might in that sense, speak to your heart is if you've completely despised the church, you've completely despised God's word, and now all that's left is your conscience to bring you back to the gospel. That's the only time God might speak to your heart or appear to you in a dream or the you know these sorts of things. It's possible. These things are possible, but they're not normative. This is not a normal way to live a Christian life, to listen to God speaking to your heart. The inward witness, that's nowhere to be found in scripture and it's very unreliable and and you know uh because the inward witness even as a christian will tell you 
to do uh, the, our, the devil, the world, and our sinful nature will tell us to do things that the quote inward witness just like yes, let's do that thing, um, and yet it violates holy scripture. Now, Prince would be wise here to to bring up this idea of uh, okay, okay, let's go with that. Let's say that God speaks to your heart, but. The ultimate authority is God's word. So let's see if he talks a little, a little bit about that. Just wanted to remind you where he's going with this. He's talking about the inward witness thing. The God speak. This is the God speaking to your heart thing that evangelicals like to put out there. Okay, here we go. On the inside, then you know that you're out and you, do, you get back in again. Praise the Lord. That's how he leads us with the presence or the absence of peace. Amen. Don't sign on anything. Don't, don't commit yourself to anything if there is an unrest. Amen. Check with your wife until both of you have that peace to embark on something or to invest in something or to do something. And then you do it. Praise the Lord. You know, uh, recently uh, we had, uh, you know, Gen Ref camp, a uh, youth camp, and uh, we had a largest turnout uh, online. Uh, we had about 2,000 300 for the final night and uh, I, I was sharing on the final night and you know towards the end as I prayed for the young people online the Lord gave me a word and this was the word the Lord said to me that there's someone who is uh, on the verge of doing something that is uh, uh, very bad and uh, uh, the Lord and he's, he's giving the Lord like these words he's saying to the Lord I'm giving you a final chance and I was describing this as the Lord showed me. You are saying, God, I'm giving you a final chance to reach out to me. So whoever it was, I just gave the word as I received from the Lord. And later on that night, there was a final night, by the way, of the youth camp. And uh, uh, that night, uh, the youth leader, uh, Pastor Daniel, shared with me that there was a youth who was sitting on his window. And he was listening at the same time. And he's a troubled youth. And uh, he was sitting at his window and obviously attempting to do something bad, you know. Um, and he heard the word from God. He heard that you are the person that you are saying to God, God, I'm about to do something bad, but I want to give you a final chance to reach out to me. And he was tuning in and he was listening to that word. So he decided not to do what he wanted to do. And uh, he got off the, the uh, window and, and got help. So one of our leaders got in touch with him and, and as of now, he's still ministering to that, that particular youth and we believe that good things are going to happen to him. Amen. Because God marked him out. Praise the Lord. So the word of God is what we desire. Be it the, from the written word or the spoken word, the word of God is what transforms our lives. Amen. And you're about to receive that, the now word for you right now in Jesus' name. You know, last week we talked about uh, passages in the scriptures where the enemy of our souls have used uh, to twist it around to bring fear, uncertainties, and, and uh, cause all kinds of uh, difficulties, you know, in the life of believers, not just young believers, especially young believers, but also in the life of believers right now. Many of them don't even understand the passages that I'm talking about, like I address Hebrews chapter 6 and how it's not written. That particular group that they're talking about, the problematic group in Hebrews 6, is not, uh, they are not believers there are people who are enlightened. They have participated in, in a, a, a church and, and the activities of a church, but they are one step short. They, are, they came so close, and yet they are so far. Okay, so uh, again, there's, there's the inward witness, and God be, God be praised that young man was saved. Um, I mean, it's, he was uh, saved physically, 
through through the preaching uh, of God's word, and, and that's and that's the idea. Uh, the the inward the inward witness thing is what I really want to uh, to dispute and say that uh, uh, that's that's not a reliable source for us as Christians. Again, he, uh, Prince gave a, a very very good example. Now he didn't maybe go in, into depth about this this sort of thing, uh, but. Uh, most evangelicals won't. They will say that this inward witness is is just as valid as Holy Scripture, and and, and why that's dangerous is because yes, most evangelicals. My, you know, my, I've got good friends who are evangelicals, and I love them, and they will say, well, yes, God speaks to me in my heart, but if it violates Holy Scripture, I'm not going to listen to my heart. I'm going to do what Holy Scripture teaches. God be praised, <laughs> you would do that. Um, uh, you know, and, but my argument with that whole inner witness idea is why, what, what is the purpose of the inner witness? See, um, if it, the, the inner, all the inner witness is going to do is affirm what Holy Scripture teaches, then why do you need the inner witness? You don't need the inner witness. Get rid of the inner witness. Forget about the inner witness. Just go with what Holy Scripture teaches. See, and, and you'll always be safe. Um, what, happens in evangelicalism is and again prince pointed this out you know if you don't have this peace in your heart about oh we're getting ready to sign this contract and you know we're you know again you know you go with a it's okay to go with your gut feeling and it's okay to not go with your gut feeling i mean i bought i bought a house right i finally finally pulled the trigger on buying the house after four decades of my life i was so scared about this and i was scared to do it then but but my you know, my wonderful wife, Jen, she found this house. We found it, you know, we got, we got it done. And in my guts, I was like, it was just telling me, you know, all against us. But Holy Scripture doesn't forbid me from buying a house. Even when my guts tell me this is going to be scary. And it, and it was scary and we did it and it's fine. (laughs) It's not a problem. So your, your inner witness isn't, isn't to be trusted. That's my point. What's to be trusted is Holy Scripture, right? So forget about inner witness. And again, Prince completely makes my point here. Completely makes it. Because again, um, without Holy Scripture, God, God can intervene. And obviously, and God be praised, that he intervened in this young man's life through the preaching of the word. And I don't know what the preaching was like, but 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 it saved him from committing suicide. And that and that but but that's not where we Christians are. We sh- you know we sh- we are not at that point of desperation. We read our Bibles and we go to church to hear God's word. We 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 uh, we should not need God to speak to our hearts to intervene or speak to us in that way. We don't need that. We have His word. We have the church, and we just should attend to both and despise neither. And that's the idea. Now, Prince is going to move on to more of the, of really what we're talking about here, which is. His all-grace message, which is just as dangerous as an all-law message, and that's what he's starting to get into with Hebrews here. Let's continue on. Not saved, okay? And But the devil has, has uh, used passages like this and uh, to, to cause, uh, to subvert the souls of, of believers. And I just want to uh, want to share another portion of scripture today that I think has caused also difficulties for many believers. And I, I want you to know one thing, church. It's important that you feel secure. It is very important that you feel in this relationship with God that you are secure in this relationship. You know, joy and fear cannot operate concurrently. 
Amen. You cannot have, be in an environment where there's fear, there's threat, and then have love or joy flowing in your life. You cannot. Amen. Joy, love, peace, thrive in an environment of security. Amen. And that's why when a child is in an environment where the child is secure, and when the child is corrected by the parent, the child is not crushed. In fact, the child feels like he's loved by the parent who corrects him. Amen. Because he's, he's always been in that, in that environment of love, in that environment of non-threatening. It's not as if, okay, child, there's one thing that you might do. And if you do that one thing, you'll never be my child anymore. That cannot be. And how much more the father who is the father in heaven, who is all, all perfect. Amen. Perfect goodness. Jesus says, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father in heaven give good things to them that ask Him? Amen. And, and last week, we looked at the passage in Scripture where it says in Hebrews chapter 6, it's impossible for people who experience all these things to renew them to repentance. And I explained all that. You get that message. You want to hear the, uh, the breakdown of that passage. But uh, there's also another impossible. The word impossible is used twice in the passage. And isn't it sad that that more believers are cognizant of the negative use of that word in the Hebrews chapter 6, in that chapter. And, and uh, they, they, they are not well cognizant with the other impossible ways. Impossible for God to lie in the context of blessings. Let's look at that again. It says in Hebrews chapter 6, that by two immutable or unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. And the context here is referring to God promising to bless us. Look at verse 14. God saying, Surely blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. So in that context, it says it's impossible for God to lie. Why is it? And people say, what about Hebrews 6? They're not referring to this impossible. They are referring to the other impossible in the same chapter where it's a negative impossible. But uh, next time anyone asks you, you know, things like, you know, what about Hebrews 6? You mean, uh, just answer, you mean it's impossible for God not to bless me? Amen? <laughs> Try that on and see what happens. So let, let's be... Okay, so this, this sounds a little convoluted. <laughs> it's a little hard to follow. What he's talking about is that passage in Hebrews. Okay, so it's, it's impossible for God not to lie. Granted. 100% uh, agree with that. Uh, then you've got later on uh, this passage where it says uh, those who willfully sin, it is, you know, once they have, they have tasted God's grace, um, it is impossible and they willfully sin. It is impossible for them to be to be restored, etc. This is a difficult passage. It is, um, and uh, uh, Prince is going to try to tackle this. And I and maybe I need to go back and listen to his previous sermon. Maybe he does a better job. But he, he just really botches uh, the entire uh, idea of the sermon. And let me just give it to you up front. Uh, the idea here in, in Hebrews where you've got somebody willfully sinning, it is impossible for them to return to the God's grace. Um, so Prince likes the Greek. I like the Greek. I know the Greek. I mean, I've been to Dallas Seminary where Greek is got almost God. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've taken many, many semesters of Greek. I'm very proud of the fact that I know Greek. Yeah. Okay. So I understand this passage um, in Hebrews where it's talking about willfully sinning. Um, and, 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 it's, and it's in a verb tense that talks about you, you, are, you are sinning willfully and continuing in that sin. 
That's that's what the passage of Hebrews is talking about. And so it makes complete sense when you think of it in that way. And this is and again, um, distrust people who say the Greek. Be careful about that because your English translation is just fine. You 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 99.9% of the time, this might be one critique I have of my own pastor, is he turns to the Greek too often. Okay, fine. I'm 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 cool with that. I mean, and he is he's his mastery of Greek is far beyond mine. Obviously, he uses a lot more than I do. Uh, but but I don't like that. I don't like, hey, well, really, you know, if we, if we turn to the Greek, there's a much better translation. Your English translations are completely reliable. You can completely trust them. This is a situation where the Greek might help us out just a little bit, because if we understand that if a person is sinning willfully, continually sinning willfully, it is impossible for them to turn back to the church makes complete sense right makes complete sense that that would be the case if you are in continual sin willfully how is it that you could you know if i if i again the extreme example if i went out and you know started shacking up with another woman besides my wife if i continually willfully did that how could i return to the church you can't you have to repent of that sin. All right. Now, there's complications in that scenario as well. But uh, the point being, what the, the writer of Hebrews is saying is that you cannot continue willfully in sin and be saved. All right. This is, this is I mean, we see this example with, with, uh, with uh, King David, where, um, where the Holy Spirit was taken from him. Uh, with you know, because of his sin with Bathsheba, was he was he forgiven? Was he restored? Of course, uh, but he had to repent. There had, that, that God had to uh, grant him repentance, and that's exactly what the writer of Hebrews bring up. Anyway, what I want to point out here is um, Prince is kind of weird on this. He's I, I guess he's assuming you've watched his previous sermon or whatever, but that's what he's talking about. Uh, you know, he, and so what he's trying to put forth is you you cannot lose your salvation, no matter uh, no matter what. And he's going to go on to talk about that, and and then we'll comment comment it on some, uh, some more. Be aware that the enemy of our souls will cause us to to even snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Amen. They'll find he'll find, try to find a way to uh, cause you to see the the darkness out of the light in the room. And don't be like that. Don't be a, someone who find fault. Don't be someone who like always look for the condemnation part. Amen. You know, even even the way we present the gospel to the world, the Bible is very clear that you ask yourself this question: Am I presenting the gospel the way Paul presented? Look at how Paul presented. This is what he says in his own words in Second uh, Corinthians five. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. Notice that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Have you noticed that Jesus, when he was on earth and he dealt with people who were, who were, who were sinners, amen, some of them, you know, overt sinners, like outwardly they are, they are considered social outcasts in their day and culture. They were prostitutes, tax collectors. Tax collectors are like people who betray their country to collect taxes for another country. In, the, in this case, uh, uh, the Romans. And, and yet, the way Jesus dealt with these people who are sinners, it's as if he's not cognizant of their sins. It is as if he's not imputing their trespasses to them. And he dispensed his healing 
his restoration, his miracles freely to these people. As many as touch him. You know, obviously all these people touch him. They have sin in their lives. But that's... Okay, so let, let me just uh, point out very quickly there. Uh, notice in the New Testament that those who came to Christ were repentant. They'd been granted repentance by God. They, they wanted to turn from their sin. It wasn't like they came and said, hey, I'm a, I'm a prostitute and I'm a tax collector. I'm proud of it. And Jesus saved me. That's, that's not how they, how they came to him. They had heard that Jesus forgives egregious sins. And their consciences were burdened. See, this is the, this is the base level <laughs> of God, quote, speaking to you. Their consciences were burdened. And, 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 and let me just delve down here again. The only way God speaks to you in your heart is to convict you of sin. <laughs> That's where he's going to speak to you um, about, about what, need, what, what is needful, as uh, Prince keeps bringing up. That's where God speaks to your heart. Because he's got no other way to speak to you but through your conscience. And so every person that was forgiven and, and became followers, uh, became believers... In, in the New Testament and began to follow Christ and became his disciples, they were they were they were burdened by the fact that they were separated from God, that they were at war with God, that God was going to condemn them, that they were condemned by God, and that they needed the forgiveness of sins, and they heard that this guy could forgive sins. You remember the paralytic? Um I, I love that uh that it was lowered through the roof. We see this account in uh, in Mark and Luke's gospel. What what did Jesus do? My son, your your sins are forgiven. That was his deepest need. That that's our deepest need is to have our sins forgiven and to be reconciled with God. See, that's that's what's going on. But uh, what what Prince seems to be indicating here is that you know Jesus didn't really care about people repenting. Are being granted repentance from sin. See, um, and you know, and then this gets complicated because we, you know, we talk about, uh, oh well, you got to clean, you know. And Prince is going to go on and talk about it. Well, do you have to clean yourself up and then you can come to God? No, that no. You just have to recognize that that the that the life you're living is is in in uh, contradistinction to the way God made you. To, you, you are living contrary to the the ontological nature, right, to use a philosophical term, of God. You're living in contradiction to that. And that's and because you're made in God's image, that's going to be a problem for you. And so you're looking for some reconciliation there. See, you, you, yeah. Are you going to clean yourself up and then, okay, God, I'm all clean. I'm ready to come to you. No, that's not how it works. You come and say, I'm dirty. I'm, I need I need help, <laughs> uh, more than help. I'm beyond help. Uh, please save me. And that's what the people in the New Testament did. Okay, uh, we're starting to run out of time, so let's try to get a little more in here. Sin is not able to stop His grace from flowing in their lives. You know, people say things like, you know, Pastor Prince, uh, 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 sin stopped the grace of God in that revival. Friend, if sin can stop grace from operating, then the revival would never happen. Because revivals happen where there's a lot of sin. That's why you need a revival. Amen? No, friend. Sin cannot stop God's grace. God's grace is greater than all our sin. 
Amen? Just like in the case of all these sinners that touched Jesus, their sin cannot stop His grace, even His grace of healing from flowing into their bodies. Amen? They receive from the Lord. Perhaps the way we are approaching this is wrong. If we allow people to receive from the Lord, maybe their lives can be transformed. You know, I say maybe tongue-in-cheek, you know, they will be transformed because it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Are we preaching this 2 Corinthians 5, the way Paul preached it? All right? Not, God is not imputing their trespasses to them. Or are we preaching the gospel to them and telling them they must turn around, turn away from their sin, turn away from their sin? You know, friend, let me tell you this. We got to preach to people the love of God, the, the answer to their sins, Jesus Christ, and what He did for them at the cross. And notice that the word given to us, and God has committed to us, what word? The word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Notice it's not a matter of God being reconciled to you. God is not the one with a problem. Amen. God is already reconciled to you. God, God's heart is reaching out to you. It is you that must be reconciled to God. And people will be reconciled to God when they know that God is not counting their trespasses unto them. Does that mean that God will never deal with their sins? No, God will deal with their sins, but it's after Amen. They accept Jesus and then Jesus, like the Bible says, as many as receive Him, to them He gave power to become sons of God. Amen. How many of you clean yourself before you take a bath? No. You take a bath to be clean. Amen. Jesus is the bath. Come to Him as you are and He gives you the power to become sons of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And you can deal with your sins. You can deal with all the, the wrong believing and the wrong actions and the wrong behavior. All that comes after because you have accepted Jesus Christ. But you're trying to clear all this before you come to Jesus. It will never happen. So the message we have for the world is that be reconciled to God. God is not mad at you. God loves you. He sent His Son to die for your sins. That is the message. That is the gospel that will win the world. Okay, so... Um... Right. Uh, that, that actually is pretty, pretty close to, to accurate. Um, we, we, we don't clean ourselves. We are, we are washed in baptism. And this is God's work. And so uh, the, the problem, though, as, as Prince goes on with this, is, is that he... You know, uh, the way these grace preachers bring this across most often, and and this is this is pretty rare, uh, for for Prince to really talk about. Okay, you know, uh, come, come to come to God, and and he'll he'll clean you up. Um, the thing that doesn't get emphasized enough is, uh, is this this granting of repentance where we want to be cleaned up where we want to follow the commands of Holy Scripture, where we want to have our sins dealt with. That's, that's genuine repentance. Where you, we don't... You, you, the uh, genuine repentance that is given from above, that is given by God, does not include, well, you know, I'm in this sin and I want to be forgiven. I want, I want the benefits of forgiveness, but I also want to continue in my sin. That, that is not genuine repentance. And that's where Prince falls down on this, um, in, in this section. So, um, so at any rate, Weiss, while he's, he's correct to say, 
uh, that that we that we will not be sanctified um, as children of God. Uh, you know, we don't we don't we don't sanctify ourselves and then we come to God and say, "Hey, I'm I'm all cleaned up, God." And right, that he's right about that. Uh, but but the problem with it is 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 he's missing the piece of we want to be clean. We want to live lives according to how God made us. And how God made us is in accordance with his will. That's what it means to be made in the image of God. And his will is the Ten Commandments. And we want to live in accord with those. And that's what we're asking. We're asking God to, first of all, just forgive us and reconcile us to himself. And that's what St. Paul is talking about in this Corinthians passage. We, we, that's our deepest need, like I said before. Uh, but, but, you know, we want to stop being scumbags. And we want God to help us be better people. <laughs> that's that's a tough one for some of my even my my Lutheran friends to to kind of get their minds around. Which uh, my buddy Nathan Rennie's going to be coming on to talk about hopefully soon. Uh, we're we're negotiating uh, what we're going to do in our next uh, meeting. But uh, we want we we want to live in accord with God's commands we want to live in accord with god's law right and that's 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 genuine repentance okay let's uh try to get a little more and then we got to close it out you know we preach a lot of things but the world is not hearing the gospel amen they think that we are a bunch of do's and don'ts and and they have missed the gospel because we have not preached the gospel and the gospel is not natural the law is natural amen do good you get good do bad you get bad that is natural. People understand that. But to tell them you can receive good you don't deserve, that is grace, that is not natural. Grace is not natural. That's why it does not take the Holy Spirit to preach the law. It takes the Holy Spirit to preach grace because grace is not natural. Amen. It takes the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to unveil the grace of God. Okay, so that, that's a great place to end because that's where I suspect the, the charismatic... You know, health and wealth gospels come, coming in here. Um, because I suspect what Prince is talking about here is, okay, we're sinners, but hey, I want to still be wealthy. I want to be healthy. I still want blessings, even though I'm a sinner. I want earthly blessings. That's really what I'm looking for. I want my conscience to be salved of the sins I've committed in the past. And by the way, folks... If you're a Christian and you still worry about past sins and it still troubles you, you know what? That's okay. They will, they will trouble you on this side of glory. I, you know, um, you, you're not gonna brainwash yourself of the sins you've committed. They're still gonna trouble you, even though you know they're forgiven. You trust that they're forgiven. You're still gonna have times where you're like, oh man, I can't believe I said that when I was 16. I can't believe I did that when I was 22. Can't that happens that that. That happens to us all the time. That's part of being a fallen human being on this side of glory. It's going to trouble you. Your sin is going to trouble you. And that's okay. And that's okay. We we look to the Lord for, for forgiveness and we ask, you know, we just ask, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You can't go back and change the past. But the past can be forgiven. Um, that's the blessing of the gospel. And I'm afraid what Prince is bringing forth here is is a is a another kind of blessing that is not scriptural. It's you know it's this it's worldly and it's it, it's of this world where you've got health and wealth. Well, you're a sinner, but oh, God can still give you give the, these blessings. He's not. 
being specific about what the blessings of forgiveness are, uh, that we can turn to God um, for forgiveness of, of, of our past sins. And, and that really is the treasure. <laughs> and we, 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 I think we, I, I do, I do. I take that for granted that, that I am no longer an enemy of God, but I am God's adopted son. Take that for granted. That that I mean, if I if I were out on the street, homeless, God forbid, I lost you know Jen and the kids to COVID or you know God horrible something happened out on the street. I mean, it's like Job. See, that's that's the lesson Job I think can teach us is that um, is that he lost everything and that he knew being reconciled to God was the greatest treasure, the greatest blessing, and um, that does that doesn't manifest itself hardly ever in the form of material blessings or, or anything else. A lot of times manifests in this world manifests itself in the form of, of persecution. Um, so let's not forsake that. Let's not forget that the greatest blessing of the gospel is that we are reconciled to God. We are no longer his enemies, but we are his sons. And, we, and everything he has is ours. Anyway, we got to go for this week. Glad to be back. Um, don't forget to go to laymanstermsradio.org and uh, donate to the Men of Steel Project. We'll see you next week.